Did Don Draper really buy the world a Coke? Did Tony Soprano really die or just order more onion rings? The finales of our favorite shows can make us argue, make us cry, and make us crazy. From Spotify and The Ringer, I'm Andy Greenwald, and this is Stick the Landing, a new podcast where we'll be telling the story of modern TV backwards, one fade out at a time. Find Stick the Landing on Wednesdays on the Prestige TV feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome to Cool Threat. I'm Nora Pizziotti. And I'm Stephen Ruiz. The divisional round is over and we just watched... Probably the game of the year. Bills Chiefs. The Chiefs end up winning 27 to 24. They will play the Ravens in the AFC championship game next Sunday. Ton of lead changes, ton of excitement. We're obviously going to start with this one. Just one of the most exciting evenings watching a game in some time. See, like there are so many places we could start with this game. Where do you want to go first? Uh, the quarterbacks, the the freaks on the field, the two guys that we were talking before the show that made the game that could have been a sloppy game with all those these mistakes and game changing plays, but they made the game feel like legitimate and efficient, and it 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 really did feel like that game two years ago with the shootout between these two, and I I didn't think we'd see that again. It was really, I mean, Josh Allen ends up being the loser in this this duel between these two great AFC quarterbacks and he almost completed like a 60 yard 60 air yard perfect pass in this game it was just really I mean I was like screaming on my couch at multiple points during this because for all of the the silliness and there were a number of plays by both teams where you felt like oh my god they're gonna lose this game because of this and it's it's gonna be the number one talking point on every sports talk show all week. And it's going to become this like historic failure. And we should talk about if we feel like, you know, whether it's the field goal, whether it's some of the other decisions in this game, if there's something that sort of lives in infamy for Buffalo here, uh, despite the silliness, this just felt like such a big time game. These felt like such big time quarterback performances. Mm. Mahomes is like throwing a Travis Kelsey and, a bunch of guys who can't catch and still is just firing and averaging like 10 yards per play. And Josh Allen is, is doing crazy stuff on the ground, attempting some of those like, Oh God, but Oh my gosh, he completed it. (laughs) Yes. Throws. And this just was so much fun. Uh, Where do you feel like this game was won for Kansas city? Uh, I would say it was the fact they had Andy Reid. And the Bills had uh, a coordinator in Joe Brady 
that is I think I think he's a good coordinator. I thought that when he was in Carolina too. Uh I thought he got a bad rap there, but he hasn't had these moments. He hasn't been on these stages. I don't think he's he's he hasn't been in these wars at this level. And I think you saw Reed kind of adjust as the game went on and Joe Brady didn't. I mean, they had the run game working early on, but they couldn't figure out how to push the ball downfield. And they never were able to do that. I know they had right. the near miss to Diggs, but outside of that, Josh Allen had like an A dot of like four. <laughs> right. And some of that obviously would have changed. That wasn't the only, um, there was a Sherfield drop. There was some right, of the receiver yeah. play for Buffalo could have changed that a little bit, but. Those weren't like you know, normal I, throws though. Like the 60, right. you can't like, that wasn't like a coaching well, thing. That wasn't a play Josh call. <laughs> throws can we really call normal throws? That's um, true. But to your, to your point, they came out running the ball, which seems like a good, the right game plan against Kansas city. And it was really working, but I thought in the second half, you could see, you could see spags adjust to some yeah. degree. And it didn't seem like Buffalo quite, had the pace to keep up with those adjustments on the offense offensive side of the ball. And and when they started to clamp down on the run game and find a little bit there, they weren't able to, to get it back in the downfield passing game. And, and Josh Allen was able to make up for some of that by running it himself, but they just never were able to put together the, the run game that they've developed. And that's been such a big part of, their biggest wins this season and how this team in some ways has, has taken a step offensively, but they were never able to find that passing game magic that, you know, has, has defined Josh Allen as a quarterback when he's been really good and just put it all together. Um, whereas for Kansas city, I mean, I don't, I, how did they get this done? Because when I think about, I don't know. when I think about the chiefs passing game, in this game, I think so much more about their limitations and still, you know, the absolute disaster class of the Michael Hardman fumble through the back of the end zone and, and just the weekly barrage of what feel like game losing plays by this offense. And yet they scored 27 points. Mahomes was dealing. They have 361 total yards. The Bills actually out outgained them by a little bit, but this was an overall very efficient offensive performance. What do you think worked? Mahomes worked. He he was just throwing these perfectly layered passes over the, the second level of Buffalo's defense. And I think those are the throws that Buffalo had to generate, and we never saw them. It, it's hard to say from the broadcast view whether they're, they called those routes and Allen didn't throw it or they just didn't unlock that area of the field. But... Kansas City did, and the throw still had to be made. He made a lot of difficult throws. I know the the receivers are are open, but they're outbreaking throws. They're corner routes. Like these are throws that like mid tier quarterbacks tend to miss more often than not. And he didn't miss most of the night. There were a couple early on, but after that, he was just locked in. And like you said, he was dealing. And when he started scrambling, I thought that's when it was game over. They couldn't they couldn't stop him from throwing deep, and they couldn't keep him in the pocket. That combination is tough. I mean, we should say, look, the the Bills, the Bills dressed four linebackers for this game. This is not a healthy right, defense. Yeah. This is a defense that has been hit by injuries all season and kind of feels like they were able to withstand the first wave 
of big injuries. And, you know, in the middle of the year when Matt Milano went down, I sort of felt like, oh, man, if there's one guy that this this defense just couldn't bear to lose, that's that's who it should be. And then they they figured it out. They really did. But at a certain point, it just becomes, you know, AJ Klein is is in critical positions in a playoff game and Terrell Bernard is, is out. And then Dodson goes in the medical tent for a while. And and it just becomes this like one after the other domino effect of something's got to give. And look, this is a, this is a chief's offense that I think this game, like it, it kind of proves both things, right? They still, they have limitations. Some of these right. players who are in in critical spots in playoff games, you don't want in critical spots in in playoff games. But if you if Mahomes has an inch, he will he will take it and he will find more. Um, so uh, you know, I think it's probably frustrating if you're Buffalo that you're in that situation. But everybody deals with injuries, and I just think it it speaks to Mahomes is greatness and sort of what's become a defining characteristic of his career so far is just like, if there's an opening, he's going to take it. And he just was, I mean, he was, he and Josh Allen were dueling, but he was the best player on the field. Right. And on that long scramble, I think that was like so emblematic of him just being in control. I don't even think he ever sprinted like the one down near the, uh, the goal line. He got to like the five yard line. It was like a 30 yard scramble. And he was walking like the whole time he was doing like one of those walks when people are going across crosswalks and they're trying to act like they're, they're, they're running, but they're not really That's how not he, actually he on that play. I do that. And so it doesn't much. matter. He never has to run and he gets 30 yard scrambles. It's amazing. I think I remember when I was, when I was getting my driver's license, when I was taking driver's ed, I feel like there was one PowerPoint that we all had to sit through about like things that are dangerous. And there was some portion about being in a crosswalk and some, there was the, the person teaching the course laid out some case that doing that, where you sort of pretend that you're running through the crosswalk or you start running to not let the timer time out, but then you slow down is like incredibly dangerous. And it really made an impression on me, not as something that I follow, but it's something that I think about every time that I don't follow it and just continue to do that. I just thought I'd share, share that with you. That's Josh Allen's approach to quarterbacking. <laughs> to life. <laughs> yeah. He hears like Ken Dorsey being like, Josh, no. <laughs> Poor Ken Dorsey. Oh, I wonder what Ken Dorsey would have looked like in the booth during He's this in one. The pit. He's in the pit. <laughs> the pit. I love the pit. This was just, I want to like, part of me wants to like sit here and have us rank the most insane things that happened in this game. Like, remember the Chiefs not challenging the lateral on third and 17 that the Bills somehow completed? Like three hours ago, I took a little note of that being like, oh, this might be the play of the game. And it's like, we've lived 18 lifetimes since that moment. And like Taylor Swift's in a box and Jason Kelsey's got his shirt off and the pit is the pit and they got more security for it. Like this entire, I feel like I've lived so much life since the pregame show for this game. By the way, too much, 
too much Kelsey, too much Jason Kelsey. People too complain about the, the, the ta- yeah, too many like shots of him in the press box. Like people complain about the Taylor Swift stuff. We saw more Kelsey tonight and it was, it, it was way well, worse. There's a little more, there's a little bit more, more Kelsey than there is Swift. What do you, that's true. I, I um, am not going to venture an attempt to guess Jason Kelsey's blood alcohol content this evening in Buffalo, but I'm, I, I would bet that it was substantial. Yes. Um, fake punt. Fake punt. The fake punt. All of this was a movie. I mean, we didn't have to do Demar Hamlin like this, did we, Sean McDermott? No. Was that really necessary? And I get that there were they they only had ten men on the field, right, Kansas City? Yeah. I get that, but like the angles weren't there. They had a defensive end in the backfield and they were like, go block a linebacker, go seal the edge on a linebacker who's used to sealing edges and you're a defensive end. You're not used to this at all. And that was the key block on the play. Like, even though they had the numbers, they didn't have the blocking angles. That's why the play didn't work. It also was like, what, there were like 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Is that when that happened? Yeah, it was too much. It was like, there's, there's sort of no need for that. I do wonder, is it like an auto check thing where they're like, oh, this is like a standing rule? Like, I know it shouldn't be in that case, but I wonder if that's the thing. And they if were just like standing rule is the Damar Hamlin fake punt. That's a good point. Then I have a different question, but it's like my head is still crooked sideways at the at at the sideline. Just like, what are we doing here? I have um, to ask, does this affect his comeback player of the year campaign? <laughs> no. I'd ask. I mean, all the votes are cast already, so it it, it literally does not. Um, but the, I mean, the poor guy, like, yeah, if, yeah, he deserved that moment. They should have let him get the first down. He deserved that moment. He needed to get like five yards too. It's just, yeah, it was tough. I don't think Christian tough. McCaffrey gets five yards in that situation, right? Like the. Like if the 49ers, like if you you ask Kyle Shanahan, they're like, okay, it's fourth and five, and the defense has 10 people on the field. Would you run outside zone against that? Or would you punt? He would say, I would punt. This is just a bad call. It's yeah, I think if that's the case, he probably should feel pretty certain that it's not the right move. It's, I I I feel like really torn between the fact that we don't actually need, thank goodness, to talk about the fumble through the back of the end zone rule because it didn't end up mattering. And yet also, like, it was one of the most holy shit moments in this entire game. I, I, I don't want to talk about the rule. I don't care. I simply don't care. It's a good it, rule. It, it's just a rule. Like, that. that's just what it is. Change it if you want. Don't change it. Whatever. Yeah. But, like, that's the rule. We need to not... I mean... Did you also want to tear your hair out at that play call? Yeah, and I've been saying, stop with the dumb play calls. I think I said this a month ago. The Chiefs need to stop with the dumb play calls. You don't have the margin for error anymore. Like, you, and like, you aren't blowing things out by little, 30 like, points. The, the Meikle Hardman, like, swing pass has to die. Why is it Hardman? I, I don't have an answer. I don't know. It's bad. It's Who would bad. you run it with? Rice. Yeah, I... I don't know if I need, like, I, I can do without that play or don't in run that situation. It. Yeah, just don't run it. The problem is when they started running it, like in 2018, when, when Mahomes took over, it was Tyreek Hill getting the ball. 
what worked. And Andy Reid was probably like, this play is really good. It is the most football coach move of all time, even for someone like Andy Reid, right? Who's like an all time great to because even the ones who aren't aren't overly in love with their scheme, like it's it's what they do. It's their pride and joy. They pour their lives into it. So they love it is is to be attached to a play call so much that you can't remember that it's different when you don't have Tyreek Hill to run it. Like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, Michael Hardman has been like the, the Chiefs and the Jets have been playing hot potato with just like rostering this player to begin with. And <laughs> it's a really, really competitive AFC divisional round playoff game. You're at the goal line. Just don't do it. Just just don't do it. Just take that little chunk of the playbook and a Sharpie and just cross out, cross out, cross out would be my prescription. But what do I know? Oh, and I'm just like going down a list of, of crazy shit that happened in this game. The field goal. I mean, that's just tough. Like yeah. the wind was bad and they were talking about it and, and all of that. But just you, you. You feel for Buffalo fans, I at least think. And some of them were, you know, obviously horribly behaved after the game and throwing snowballs and all that stuff. Stupid. But like, there's a lot of good football fans. Uh, and that just sucks. I just uh, nothing gives me more secondhand. It's not embarrassment, but just like secondhand pain than. A missed field goal at the end of a playoff game, particularly this team, this context, this setting. It wasn't just like for Bills fans, for like football fans, it kind of felt like a lame ending to the game. Like even the Chiefs getting the first down, I would have liked to see the Bills get another chance at it. But like, I don't know, it it, it deserved a better ending. It was like the the anti uh, 13 second game where it started off slow and then it ended quickly. And then this one had the opposite effect. You had like a, the, the fast start and then kind of fizzled out. I don't know if I could have handled overtime. I guess if you're like worried about Josh Allen's sort of like human mental state, maybe that's like, maybe that's the merciful way to go. Right. Rather than you make it. And then Mahomes drives them down and and they score a touchdown and they win. I, I don't know. It's painful either way, obviously, but this was just an incredible game. I trying to figure out what we've missed from this conversation. I thought Spags had an interesting, interesting sort of approach overall. And some of it, yeah. I mean, Buffalo came out and they were doing all that stuff with the six linemen and, and really digging in in the run game. Um, but again, I think the second half adjustments, you could see them pay off. Wasn't able to get a lot of pressure. Um, that was actually true of, of both defenses. But our guy, what's the... What's the what's the spag status at this point? I mean, he's good. You can always trust him in big games. That's the thing. I don't care what happens during the regular season. Just get spags to the playoffs and he's going to cook. And that's what happened in this game. And I I was kind of surprised there wasn't more blitzing, but the plan worked and he forced Allen into that conservative style. He threw a lot of checkdowns in this game and there were no openings downfield. It wasn't like Allen was making poor decisions. There was nowhere to go with the ball. And I thought Spags went against type and, and he's been doing that all year, to be honest. Like there hasn't been a lot of blitzing and that's what he's been known for in the past. This was, this showed restraint on his part because it could have been easy to send the house at them when they were having su- success on the ground. And he never did that. Buffalo on the other side, um, 
I don't know what the actual blitz rate was, but they ended up actually trying to send some pressure at Mahomes, especially as the game went on, which I don't necessarily quibble with the strategy just because they were so injured at that linebacker level that I think it became about like, okay, what can we do so that these guys are not just a liability in coverage? Um, this was just one of those Mahomes Mahomes games where I think you sort of, what are you going to do, man? Like he's just incredible. Um, but I I really do give them a lot of credit for how they've hung in there defensively. And, and look, I, I think there's some conversation about Sean McDermott's job security. I don't get the sense that that's a real thing. Um, you know, this team was on the brink and they were just down to the wire to go to the AFC championship game. I think he's, he's salvaged it. I do think he had some pretty clear boo-boos in this one, but overall, I I think it's impressive how that defense fought and did what they could with the guys they had. I think eventually it was just too much, but I don't think there will be any real conversation there. And which coach didn't this weekend? Like Andy had his boo-boos. Kyle did too. Right. I don't think it was that bad. I think this was a good performance for him. And I, I, yeah. I think Brady Brady was the one that was kind of questionable for me in the second half. But other than that, I thought the coaching, the game plan was fine. Yeah, right. It's, it's there, you know, there's there's it's the little situational moments that we're talking about. But when you talk about right. the overall game plan, that's that's where I totally agree with you. It was solid. They gave us an awesome game. I mean, this is the bet like this is the game of the year. The narrative thing doesn't help. Divisional round Mahomes again close game that's tough for him but that's i don't know i don't think that stuff matters yeah i mean also like the bills are in some ways they're i I, they're they're fighting an unwinnable battle on that front because there is always you know there's there's a second team of the era right and maybe there's maybe there's competition for who actually is the second team if the Ravens win a championship and and really have it figured out. And as we talked about yesterday, there should be a conversation about Lamar Jackson as the top quarterback in the league, or at least among the very top quarterbacks in the league and, and a person who's in that conversation. But the Chiefs, like the stakes of the Chiefs, and especially as we talk about where they're going to go from here, what the Chiefs are are playing for other than obviously like the point is to win the game to go to the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl but in terms of like legacy stuff and and sort of accomplishment metrics the Chiefs are chasing the Patriots and that's sort of it like what in terms of things that they need to prove there's just not a lot out there not a lot out there for Andy Reid there's not a lot out there for Patrick Mahomes what they're trying to do is is collect numbers on the pace of a Bill Belichick and Tom Brady with that dynasty that potentially it's going to be really, really hard, but they're not so far off the pace. So for Kansas city, like that's what the, that's what the stakes are of a postseason run. If they lose next weekend in Baltimore, which they very well may, we know what this team is next year. They just had the best defense of the Mahomes era. Probably they have serious work they need to do with the pass catching group, but they can do that. That's fine. 
Yeah. And they have Patrick Mahomes. And as long as Andy Reid wants to keep coaching, they have Andy. Like, it's we know exactly who they are and they will be penciled into the Super Bowl yet again. And it's it's all fine. It's just, are you literally adding another trophy or are you not? And that's and like for Buffalo to try to get past that is really, really, really hard. I It does feel like that. It does feel like this is this monster. They just can't slay. But. You know, we've we've talked about the narrative that existed about Lamar playing in the playoffs, which was just so silly and taken out of a really small sample size. That's just the nature of playoff football, right? Like there's only a handful of games yeah. that you can draw off. In the case of Allen and Mahomes, the games have been these like epic battles where you lick the wounds for months and months and years and years. And people talk about them on barstools a decade later, probably. But, you know, we've seen this Bills team beat this Chiefs team. I don't really like I I don't feel like they I don't feel like they can't do it. I just feel like they haven't done it. Right. And they haven't done it. They they have done it. They just haven't done it on this stage yet. But it it really feels like Casey is the new New England. And it feels like they're like kind of speed running it. They're almost like late era New England with Tom Brady, where Brady and Gronk are listening to bad boys for life and everyone's counting them out. And that's what this game felt like. It felt like an old man game. It felt like a like an old vet game for them. And Pat Mahomes is like, what, 28 years old, 29 years old? It's it's crazy. Well, and Mahomes is also like this. is It's a different era, right, where a lot of the younger players are just. They're just like they're more boring than they used to be. Like Mahomes is Mahomes watched Brady, right? Like Brady has been such an influence to this group of quarterbacks. So they go to bed at 930 and. They don't eat nightshades and they drink a green juice in the morning and they, they, you know, don't get up to anything that they're not supposed to get up to for the most part. Um, so it really does feel like they're, they're speed running it. We'll have a lot of time this week to preview what hopefully will be another great AFC playoff game in the championship round, but early thoughts on chiefs Ravens. I don't see how Baltimore doesn't win by double digits. I don't see how Kansas City scores on them. It's it's a tough matchup, but like it's Mahomes, it's Reed, it's Spags. Anything can happen. But like my early feel is Baltimore by by a big amount. I look, I've been sort of sticking to my priors with this Chiefs team just because I feel like I sort of like you plan a flag, you got to stick with it. There's, I do still feel watching this game and, and watching, you know, that Hardman play and some of the drops that I just, I, I can't, I can't believe that this group, that this group of receivers is going to win a third game in a row and, and against that Ravens defense in particular. But, when you watch Mahomes play like this, it is that anything can happen. I still, I think Baltimore's got him, but yeah, there is something about it that just feels inevitable. The receivers aren't going to be as open against Baltimore, and they have Kyle Hamilton who can take care of Kelsey on his own. And it, when you have that that piece, it becomes so much easier to defend an offense that has been easy to defend this year. 
If you've been watching the NFL playoffs from the sidelines, there's still time to get in the game with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers bet this Sunday's conference championship games with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a W. If you're going to sign up now, I would advise that you bet on Baltimore this weekend. I really like them on the money line. So if you want to follow my picks, go to FanDuel right now. Get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNFL to join today. That's FanDuel.com slash RingerNFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. Should we talk about the early game? Should we talk about Lions Bucks? I guess. This game was interesting too. Like it feels it like was, such a. Was. I mean, I I feel like my heart rate is still elevated from Bills Chiefs. But so the Lions win thirty-one to twenty-three. Um, Lions will play San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. Uh, where do you want to start with this one? I think the offensive line for the Lions. Yeah was the that was the winning piece that was the thing that Dan Campbell built this team around and it paid off in this game a 61% success rate on the ground Jared Goff not sacked when Tampa Bay blitzed against a Bulls defense very impressive that's what won them this game and I think it just I mean I I don't want to like relitigate the whole process behind Detroit's offseason and their draft they beat a nine and eight team uh, right. Last week, they beat a flaw, uh, like a young Rams team. I I thought L.A. would win, but that Detroit was favored. I, I don't want to take away from the NFC title run, but it's not like your typical NFC title run. Right. But I but do you, think you it, know. It, it. You yeah, just got to go it, out and it, win it, the games that are in front of you. Right. And it does show that being a physical team in 2024, 2023, you could still win football games. I think you can that's still win proves. football games and particularly, you know, they, they understood the assignment, right? Like this is a team right. that 
Dan Campbell has over the last three years kind of built in his image, his image of, of who he wants them to be as a football team. But it also, you know, by happenstance or, or by design is the right type of team for Jared Goff. And no, the Bucs are not, you know, the Bucs are the, were the worst team left in the playoffs. But this Todd Bowles defense is the type of defense that can give Jared, Jared Goff some trouble. And they blitzed him over 50% of the time. And through a combination of just quick throws, Goff's average time to throw was 2.51 seconds. Uh, he got pressured on those plays where they sent the blitz just five times. And he didn't get sacked, as you said. And he was really efficient. And that's the type of thing that in the past he would not have been able to do. And he would not have been in the right situation to be able to do. I think one of the most underrated pieces of how it all went wrong and went downhill in LA is that as that offensive line started to fall apart a little bit, Jared Goff fell apart and it just didn't work. And he has that there and it all, the whole thing fits together. So I do think like you, they can only play the teams on the schedule and they get some credit for defeating an opponent who's not the most menacing team but one that did seem particularly suited if it had wound up like that to give them trouble. I mean, particularly, you know, he ended up being okay, but there was that moment in the first half where Ragnar leaves the game and, you know, there's Vita Vea in the middle and you're just going like, Ooh, this could get, this might get a little bit dicey. Um, obviously he was okay. Uh, they did lose Jonah Jackson on the interior line, but they ended up being able to figure that out and deal with that blitz, um, which was probably the number one objective on the game plan. I was really surprised, not really surprised, but I, I was struck by Aaron Glenn's defense and what they were able to do. Um, just in terms of, I thought it was a, a smart game plan, really savvy, I thought you could see the ways that they've been able to, as the year has gone on, design more and more pressure, get some of those unblocked rushers. Um, and obviously the the game ends with Derek Barnes's interception. And, you know, this was a balanced game. They didn't win it necessarily on offense or defense, but I did think that the Lions played a more sort of complete game than I necessarily would have given them credit for it. You know, I've, I've been a little skeptical of this defense, but I thought that they had a good game plan. I thought they played hard. I mean, there was the, the conversation on the broadcast about, you know, Glenn was telling them that Mike Evans had dropped the ball because he was scared of getting hit and they were all getting hit <laughs> so hard. And that's like coach speak and a little like, okay, man, right. but you, you can, you could see it. And I thought they had a little bit more spice on that side of the ball than I necessarily expect um, from this Lions defense. So overall, I, I was I was I was impressed by them. Yeah, it was like a, a boomer bust approach for the defense for the run defense, at least on first down. It was like they gave up five point nine yards per carry, but a thirty three percent success rate. So like when Tampa Bay had a good run, they get, they got a lot of yards. But when they got stuffed, they got stuffed. And then you get Baker Mayfield in those situations where you can throw blitzes at him and get free rushers. And that's not where Baker Mayfield wants to live. He wants to live in early down passing. And I thought that was a, a smart thing. Sm smart right. approach. What did you think of Baker overall? 
I mean, he was good, but the the problem is the, the the thing that doesn't show up in the the box score or the stat line is the sacks. The sacks were the big issue with them, and he he took one that knocked him out of field goal range. That would have changed the, the last drive. It would have yeah. changed the game. That's really where it showed up. He had he threw the ball well though. Yeah. Well, and that's I mean, if that's sort of been the story, right? And and obviously, you know, they'll see what they do in the off season. It is. Like, as we've said, the Bucks. no one thought the Bucs were going to win the Super Bowl. But at the beginning of the year, no one thought the Bucs would be within, you know, spitting distance of the playoffs. And Baker Mayfield is a tough player to evaluate because there's something ridiculous about being like, oh, no one believes in Baker Mayfield, you know, Heisman winner, first, first overall pick. And then also, like, I don't know. In August, Baker Mayfield was in a quarterbacking competition with Kyle Trask. If that's not no one believing in you, like, I I don't really know what is. So it just, it's like wherever, wherever you're anchored dictates where that conversation goes. And if you're anchored right. in two different places, then like it, it, you can just, people can talk past each other about this player so, so, so easily. Um, I guess I think they will probably try to have him back. I, I I mean, how do you though? Like this is the ceiling, nine and eight, and you beat like a Eagles team that quite quit. Yeah, but they're gonna be, I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be drafting in, in the middle, in the sort of bottom middle of the first round. What you gonna you gonna make a run at Kirk Cousins? You gonna make a run at like you can make a run at Geno? Kirk, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. There's no one out there really. There's not a Tom Brady out there to save them. But like you have to try. You have to shoot your shot. They should try to get something. Russ, maybe. Russ, oh my God. No, yeah. Yep, Tampa no, Bay just no. becomes like. No. Can you imagine a Russ Baker? A Russ Baker competition. I know you have a joke lined up that that you're like sitting on. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not going to say them. <laughs> um, Detroit, San Francisco. Uh, I was so down on San Francisco's offense after after the way that they played in the rain. Um, and I do. I, I think the Lions can give them a game. Again, I, I felt encouraged by the defensive performance, regardless of the Bucks limitations. So I'll be curious to see how that pans out. I mean, San Francisco's definitely going to be favored. I do think maybe we should take a minute to to. Well, no, first, let me like, what do you think about that matchup? I, yeah, I'm with you. I feel more confident in Detroit's defense after the last couple of weeks and what I saw them do. I think they can put Brock Purdy in similar situations that they put Baker Mayfield in. And I don't think I think Brock Purdy is playing better football than Baker Mayfield is and has all season. Uh, I don't think he's more talented than Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield used a lot of that arm talent to make the throws he made in this game. I'm not sure Brock can make them as consistently. That said. I could envision Kyle Shanahan looking at Jack Campbell in the middle of that defense and going, it's going to be a long day for you, kid, and and putting up 45 points on them. Kyle Shanahan, like, there's there's some poor linebacker who every week just ends up in Kyle Shanahan's burn book, and, like, he's drawing the little horns and just going, like, I'm going to make your life so miserable. And I do think that that's, that's a pretty, that's a good call. Uh, in terms, he has of he has like a siren in his office when 
the opponent has a white linebacker from Iowa <laughs> or from the Big Ten that goes up. White Big Ten linebacker just starts flashing. That's the real pit. Every week, <laughs> every week, a new Big Ten linebacker gets sacrificed to Kyle Shanahan. Um, that's the satanic ritual. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know that people are upset about Taylor Swift promoting satanic rituals? Yeah, I saw that. I okay. saw the. I just, saw just one making of those sure. Today. I it's. I assumed you would have. However, if I would just dropped a satanic ritual reference out of nowhere, I wanted to make sure that we had the requisite context for that one. Okay, makes sense. That's fair. Whew. Good weekend. The ra- This round, I think, lived up to 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 expectations. A lot of that was was. Bills Chiefs, but wild card round was a little sleepy. Divisional round was pretty good, I thought. We got a great narrative game out of Green Bay, San Francisco. We got a great championship weekend. I think Lamar versus Mahomes in the AFC championship game is such a, a good matchup and something we haven't seen in the playoffs yet. It's been what four years, five years with them in the yeah. league, and we haven't seen this yet. It's 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 cool to see. And then on the other side, we have couple system quarterbacks. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, Detroit in the NFC Championship game for the first time since 91, that crowd, you know, the crowd in Buffalo is always fun to watch. The crowd in Detroit, the crowds that they've been getting and and that game will be in San Francisco. But first of all, I'm sure people will travel. But second of all, not even in terms of like atmosphere and noise and all of that, but just what it means to people is cool to watch. It's 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 emotional for some people it's exciting it's you know you remember all the the all the lions memes just sort of get to me even the the aiden hutchison at the end of the game like it's exciting to see what is a historic achievement for a team that just hasn't had a lot of success so i think we got a good good slate of games good weekend it's been fun yeah no i'm being dismissive like i i think like those two systems are so fun to watch these two teams are so fun to watch that the game is going to be great and i i I really think it could be a high scoring game i think it will be a more entertaining game than maybe baltimore and kansas city turns out to be if baltimore does blow them out right yeah but either way the thing that's nice is like i don't feel sure and even if i did we'd probably end up with with a surprise anything else before we get out of here uh, I don't think so. Did you see uh, uh, Matt Patricia's contract is expiring? <laughs> it's going to be a hot commodity. Any head coaching interviews? Eagles tried the old, the old Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, That's middle right. of a shootout news dump, which I don't think is quite as aptly deployed during the internet era as maybe it was at the beginning of some PR professionals careers or whoever decided to do that. Um, but yes, I did see that what Sean Desai has been let go. Matt Patricia is just like he had an expiring contract, so they're all just gonna disappear him and hopefully no one ever speaks of it again. I like how they ha- they felt the need to have the follow up Patricia tweet. It's like, yeah, we know. We know he's not coming back. It was such a s- success. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know what this defense needs? More no, no, Matt even better. Patricia. Even better. Make them OC. <laughs> make him the head coach. Actually, we've decided to fire Nick Sirianni after all. Matt Patricia is now the head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and 
general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. The one man, Howie Roseman, can't survive <laughs> is Matt Patricia and his pencil and his laminated play sheet that can't be written on with a pencil. All right. That's probably a good place to end this. Uh, this has been Dual Threat. I'm Nora Princiati. As always, he's Stephen Ruiz. Ben and Sheil will be up next with extra point taken this week. And then we will be back next Sunday recapping the championship games. Thank you to Isaiah Blakely for producing this episode. Thank you to Eduardo Ocampo and Kara Givens for their work on socials. Thank you to Connor Nevins and Arjuna Rambopal for their additional production supervision. And thanks to you for listening. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1800gambler.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.